This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, good morning, Coach Charlie. Good morning on this rainy morning. I know it. I know it. I thought about you on the on my ride down. I was like, could there be something that, you know, I need to do to make sure that I'm safe today on the wet road? <laughs> I'll just make sure that your vehicle is properly maintained. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking, I was like, maybe there's something special that I need to do. Well, there is something special I need to do. I need to tell my wife, happy birthday to Dr. Betsy Harrington today. It is her birthday. Dr. Harrington, happy birthday. You're married to an Aries, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you do it. (laughs) I just don't know. Happy birthday to her. Are you going to do something special today? Well, I probably will. Okay. I always do. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, aside from Doc's birthday that we are celebrating today, we're also talking about fuel. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, coach, here I come. Here I come in my wiki. My, you got it. My you got wiki it. definition. A motor fuel is a fuel that is used to provide power to the motor in motor vehicles. Currently, the majority of motor vehicles worldwide are powered by gasoline or diesel. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about gasoline versus diesel. So this week, we're expanding on that. We are expanding. We're going to talk all about all types of fuels that may be used today, tomorrow, the past, and the futures. Okay. Okay. We're going to get into all of that. All of that. So there's so many types of fuel. I want to get started on what kind of types or different types are there? Well, let's first of all, let's, I'm going to expand on your definition a little bit. Okay. Fuel, uh, as you said, is used to power the vehicle. What it is, is any type of fuel that we use right now, if it's petrol, if it's gasoline, or if it's diesel, or mm-hmm. if it's natural gas, mm-hmm. or if it's propane, something that ignites in the combustion chamber of an ICE vehicle. Okay. Okay. That is what most fuels we use. Now, there are alternative fuels, and we talk about uh, EVs, electric vehicles. We can talk about plug-in electric vehicles. We can talk about hybrid vehicles. Mm -hmm. We can even talk about hydrogen vehicles, fuel cell vehicles, propane vehicles. Right. So there's all these different type fuels that are out there. And, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, when we had a fuel embargo in the 70s and 80s, we went to a propane. Mm Mm-hmm. You saw all these vehicles, these trucks that had these big old white tanks in the back of them. That was propane. They changed their vehicles over to propane. Then they went to natural gas. They were trying to find ways that they could do away with oil. Oh, okay. So they were even trying back then to do away with it. Like I say, it wasn't something we're just not today trying to change. We've been trying for years because when they went to propane, uh, you see a lot of propane forklifts and equipment today Mm -hmm. that is propane lawnmowers, Mm -hmm. uh, zero-turn lawnmowers that run off propane. 
But we've been doing this for years, yeah. and it's just evolving more and more. Right, right, to try to get us off of the oil, basically. Right. Well, we're never going to get off oil, but we there's other ways that we can work with oils to make it better for us okay. as humans in the environment. Okay, okay. Propane, that's new for me. I never really considered that a car could run off of propane. It's very scary to me. I don't stand around propane. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about a propane I had. I was going to take and uh, cook a turkey, and I had two propane tanks out there. Mm. And I don't know, I was filling it up with water, and the water knocked over. It hit a propane tank. It busted the valve. I had flames going 40 feet in the air. I'm over here about to get burnt slap up. And I destroyed two propane tanks at one time, and I was hoping I wasn't going to blow up. Well, okay, so hopefully <laughs> this doesn't happen in vehicles. Well, that it, those are common problems that can happen to vehicles, uh, especially with propane or natural gas. Okay. Because, once again, they're all under high pressure. It's not like gasoline, like we talked about fuel pumps. Mm-hmm. These are very under extreme high pressure coming in the tanks themselves. Okay. Okay, if you think about a natural gas, it's like a... A big shell. It's so thick. Right. And propane, the same thing. And all these different fuels we're going to talk about have different burning qualities in the combustion chamber. They're not all fuel efficient. Yeah. I believe it. And that's why we got the most fuel efficient right now. But a lot of these uh, fuels are not fuel efficient. Right. And then here's the thing. And I may be coming from a novice level, right? always wondered could you use different fuels inside of your own car is that a possibility if it's not i guess unleaded can it be something else well the military has a vehicle called multi-fuel and you could use anything in it if it was gasoline if it was oil if it was cooking oil mm-hmm. whatever vehicles today are specified for certain type of fuels uh when they did propane the whole system had to be reworked for the for propane the propane to go, to yeah. go in there yeah. when they did natural gas. But I will tell you that we have a uh, ethanol fuel now. And with ethanol fuel, we have 10% ethanol. And we know if ethanol is made out of some type of vegetable, if it's corn, if it's sugar or mm. something. So we have 10% ethanol. That means you have 10% ethanol, 9% petroleum. Right. Now, if we go to an E85, E85 is 85% ethanol okay and 15 percent petroleum right okay you can only put e85 in a vehicle that is designated flex fuel if you put it in anything, anything else, it won't run it won't run it won't run because even though if you think about <sighs> ethanol ethanol uh well, there's a few cons about ethanol, uh, especially e85 mm-hmm. it gets like 25 to 30 percent less miles per gallon right of fuel so it's not a very economical fuel, mm-hmm. but uh, it's cheaper in some uh, uh, aspects. But you know, it's according to what you're doing. Like I say, you can't put different type fuels in every vehicle. I was about to say, because I'm, I'm going to be a scientist coach, and this is going to be the new car where you can put any type of <laughs> fuel in it, and it's going to run. Well, the military has already invented that. Ooh, so, okay, uh, I'm, I'm late. <laughs> you're already late on that one. I'm late. That's a definite fuel yes. car, though. So is that one of their military vehicles that they use? It is. It's called a multi-fuel engine. Okay. 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 You know, okay. because if you think, we use gasoline, 
we use diesel. Those are the main ones we use. And if you think about diesel, diesel is really just a heavy oil. Right. Okay, and they refine that to get the gas off of it. Diesel used to be trash fuel. Now it's more expensive than unleaded gas. Yeah. Okay. Now we talked about unleaded gas. Unleaded gas, what they did, they took the lead out. If you notice, fuels used to be red. Mm-hmm. Okay. It had a red tint to it. And then that's how you could tell that it was unleaded. Well, they did away with the lead in the fuels for the environment. But what happened when they did away with the lead, they had to reconfigure the engine because the lead is a lubricant as well. Mm-hmm. And so now they had to change the valves. They had to change rings. They had to do a lot of different things to the engine in order to make them use unleaded fuel. Right, 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 right. So once again, even though you're changing fuels, that's changing other things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could not use, well, you could use it, but ethanol will destroy any vehicle before 2002. Oh, okay. You uh, The seals were not made for it. The gaskets right. were not made for it. None of the engine was made for Unleaded fuel. Right. It was all leaded. Right. Okay. So what they were doing, they were going to have to change. They were in there changing pump seals. They were doing all types of fuel lines. They were doing all kinds of things. The manufacturer was in order for us to even use unleaded fuel. Wow. You know, so. Who who knew that all of that had to go down just to get some gas in your car to go? (laughs) (laughs) It's those engineers. They know how to do it. I know. Who knew that all of that had to go down? Coach, we're going to go to a quick email. This email is coming from Renard Dixon. He sent in, morning, I have a 2016 Nissan Altima that the airbag light came on about six months ago and I can't get it to go off. What are your thoughts on this? Well, on airbags, once again, we talked about it last week. Airbags is one of these things. If you have sensors, they may be under the dash. They may be under the seat. You know, there's sensors all over that vehicle, and it may be just a certain airbag. You know, a lot of these vehicles have um, airbag sensors that they go they coincide with the seat belt. Mm-hmm. You know, so if the seat belt may be bad. So what I would do the first thing is get you a scan tool. Have somebody look at it, see what the code is on that airbag code, and see where it's located. Okay. Because you know, it usually tells you what airbag is not working. Right. You know, so, people, so many people get on there and they say their passenger airbag light is on. Mm-hmm. Well, that passenger airbag light that's on, most of the time, is going to say it's off because there's nothing in the seat. Right. Okay. Right. And it is weight sensitive. Yeah. Okay, so... It, my purse can't even go over there. Right. I've tried it. <laughs> so, so really, you need to put a scan tool on the yeah. uh, vehicle, determine where the sensor is or okay. what airbag is not working, and then go from there. Because it could be a loose wire, it could be a broken wire, it could be in a, even a corroded connector. Mm-hmm. Those right. lights are worsome. <laughs> but you need to be very careful. If you're going to work on the airbag system, you need to make sure you have the expertise. Because if you touch the wrong wire, mm-hmm. if you uh, pierce the wrong wire, that thing could explode. Yeah, yeah. Well, Renard, I hope that helps, and I hope you can get that airbag light off. That's right. <laughs> hey, if you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. And we're talking about fuels. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more auto 
autocorrect. Find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. We're going to go straight into the phones, Coach. We've got Dan on the line in Meridian. He's a, He's got a tail light that won't go off, those doggone lights. Dan, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, this, this has nothing to do with the fuel, but it's kind of a nagging little taillight on a 2003 uh, Hyundai, Hyundai Sonata, and it just won't go off. Obviously, the only way I take it off is basically disconnect the battery, uh, but that's not very efficient. So I was just wondering what your input would that be. Will it be just simple as a, a fuse or whatnot? Uh, so thank you for taking my call. Okay, is it a taillight or is it a brake light? It's a tail light. Uh, it's on all the time. Okay. So no matter what, it just tail light. So the re- the only way that power can get back there to that tail light is through the tel- the headlight switch. Okay. There, yeah. in- unless there is some type of other power bleeding through, is it both of them or is it just one? No, just one. The left one. Okay. So that means that. Uh, there is some way that something's bleeding through and making that light come on. So what I would do, it's not going to be a fuse because a fuse brings power to there. It just brings power yeah. to the switch. So it can't be a fuse because you got to have power there. It could be a bad ground or it could be, to me, it sounds like you got a bleed going from somewhere in that vehicle uh, going to that break, to that tail light itself. I see. Did my option is to take it to a mechanic? Is it, uh, yeah, I take it to a mechanic. Let them take the uh, socket out. Let them see why we have uh, power back there. Because, like I say, you shouldn't have power back there, and so that means that power is coming from somewhere else in the car. It could be uh, uh, it could be a shorted switch. It could even be like any. It could be even a dome light switch uh, because that's on your uh, hit on your light switch itself. It could even yeah. be that shorting out to that wire that's going down to that tail light on that side. I see. Do you have okay. a, Do you have trailer lights on that? Do I have what? Uh, trailer lights. Uh, no. Okay, so I would go ahead and check and see where there's a bleed. I'd take it to a technician and tell them that because what you're doing, you got some power going back there from another switch or something. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Dan, I hope that helps. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got Steve and Edwards. He's got a trickle charge. Steve, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, yes, sir. I was going to ask you a question about these the new, uh, I think they call them silicone batteries, the uh, glass mat batteries. Right. Um, is it okay to put those on like a trickle charger? Yeah, you know, because you're not putting a lot of amperage in them, and really a trickle charge uh, is really just used to maintain the voltage in that battery itself anyway. The amperage. Okay. So as long as it's just maintaining it, because like I say, the same thing, you can, uh, you're not putting more than an amp or two in that battery. And then most trickle okay, chargers sure. cut off when they are fully charged. Okay. And like, should I treat this battery any different than, you know, just regular battery? Uh, there's no uh, there's no difference in treating it. Like I say, it has acid on there. There's nothing else you can do to it. Okay. Okay, th- thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Steve, for your call. Well, you, you did it again, Coach. You helped everybody out. <laughs> that's, what our, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're here to do. Well, here are some recent recalls to hopefully help you all out. Honda recalls 563,000-plus CRV SUVs over detaching trailing arm. These include model year 2007 to 2011 CRVs that were sold <clears throat> excuse me, or registered in the states that experience extreme 
extreme winter weather conditions. That's a ton of the northern states, Connecticut, Michigan, Missouri, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Wisconsin. But the accumulation of salt, mud and water in the rear frame can occur from driving through puddles or flooded areas at speed, causing corrosion inside the frame. As a result, the rear trailing arm may fall off while the SUV is in motion and cause a loss of vehicle control, increasing the risk of a crash. To fix the issue, here's the thing. Dealers will inspect and install a support brace or repair the rear frame as necessary for free. But if the damage is beyond repair, Honda may offer to repurchase the vehicle. They will begin notifying owners May 8th. Um, Kia recalls 51,000 plus Carnival minivans over power sliding doors. All model year 2022 and some model year 23 Carnivals are affected. The issue is the power sliding doors auto reverse feature, which may not activate at all times, causing the door to close on occupants. There's been a small number of injuries reported to the automaker, though Kia says it believes the injuries may be a result of customer unawareness that the door is closing. As a fix, they are updating the power sliding door control module software for free, and they will begin notifying owners April 28th. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about fuel, and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. The phone number, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Let's go back to the line, Coach. We've got Teresa on the line in Gulfport. She has a transmission issue. Teresa, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi, this is Teresa. Thank you for your uh, show. I appreciate it. Um, a 2005 Nissan, my friend, her transmission light came on, and the scan tool indicated that there were metal shavings in the transmission. So she was wondering, is can she just change the transmission fluid? Well, first of all, the scan tool cannot tell you if there is metal shavings in the transmission because the scan tool only uh, operates on electrical circuits. It does not do anything mechanical. So if there's anything, if there's metal shavings in it, that means to tell you that part of the hard parts inside that transmission are wearing. Okay. Now, I will tell you on Nissan, they had a problem with water getting into the transmissions. Okay, the coolant system was bad, and water and uh, coolant was getting into the transmission and destroying the transmission on 2005, 6, and 7s. So what I would do is see if there was a recall on that transmission uh, from Nissan and then have somebody pull the pan and see if there's metal down in there because the only way you're going to know there's metal in there is take that pan down Uh off the bottom of the transmission. Okay, good. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Uh, While I was talking about that, you know, um, I always tell you to go to the manufacturer's uh, website Mm -hmm. and look and see if there's any recalls. Mm -hmm. Well, a buddy of mine, uh, just on a Subaru, there is a thermal valve that is bad. Okay, and Subaru had to redesign the thermal valve. And what that is, it took the place of a thermostat. Okay, what happened, it was going to cost him $2,100 to replace this thermal valve. Mm. Well, I told him what to do and who to call, and he called me yesterday afternoon and told me thank you because he called the manufacturer 
of Subaru of America, mm -hmm. and Subaru said that they would pay $1,500 of, of that, that repair bill. Oh, wow. You know, just because calling the manufacturer, calling their customer service, because anything that any manufacturer does, they don't want a bad reputation on right, anything. Right, yes. right. So it's always go to if you have a problem with your transmission or anything that you have studied and you see there's a recall uh -huh. or they have changed the uh -huh. parts, go talk to the customer service, not at the dealership. You need to talk to the manufacturer itself. Call that 1-800. That's that 1-800 number. That's it. Call that 1-800 number. Well, that was good. I love that, especially when it deals with recalls, mm -hmm. because, you know, some of them are like, we'll fix it for free. Well, he just saved $1,600 on a $2,100 repair. Correct. Correct. Good tip, coach. We're going to stay on the line. We've got Jim on the line in Biloxi. He's asking what to do with old fuel. Jim, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, yeah, since uh, the topic was fuel, uh, if you have, uh, you know, for some reason have to drain the gas tank and you don't want to put that back in uh, and you end up with all this gas, what can you do with it? Okay, fuel, after a while, it loses its volatility because of the tarnishes and all the additives that break down in there. Uh, you could do it just like you do oil. You know, it's a petroleum product. So you could just put in a five-gallon container or whatever and take it to the auto parts store, and they should be able to dispose of it for you. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, this is 50 gallons. So, uh, mm. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, you need to find out where they'll take 50 gallons. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I just drained a uh, fuel system on a vehicle, had five gallons of bad gas that's been in there for about five or six years and going to take it over there. And another thing, if you're, uh, I reckon if you're going to take it and have a bonfire, you can throw it on a bonfire a little at a time, but make sure oh, you're away Lord. from it. <laughs> make sure you're away from it when you throw it on there. Light, okay. light the flame and step back. <laughs> oh, no, no, you don't got to light that flame. Once again, we say fumes burn. But the best thing, yeah, take it to a, uh, like I say, auto parts store. They should take it back from you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. We're going to stay on the line. That was a good fuel fuel question. How to get rid of all of that. <laughs> We're going to stay on the line. We've got John in Mobile. He's having a 94 Explorer issue. John, you're on with Coach Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I've got a 94 Explorer that basically, basically goes from uh, our house to the to Lowe's or to the dump about maybe twice a year. If I put you know 100 miles on it, it's, that's a lot. But uh, one of the time, last time I was at the dump, I was trying to back up for the trailer, and it was in a lot of soft dirt, and started smelling. Uh, I'm presuming transmission fluid because it's a manual shift. Uh, there is actually no way to check that other than putting it up in the air and check pulling the plug out from underneath, right? True, but you probably wasn't smelling transmission fluid. You was probably smelling a burnt clutch. Because that's usually what happens is that the fluid itself is not going to burn in that transmission uh, because, you know, it's going to get hot. It's a lubricant. It's an oil. Uh, you don't really change that oil that often. But backing up and it was soft oil and it might have been spinning, I mean, soft dirt and it might have been spinning a little bit, you were probably burning the clutch plate itself, the disc. So uh, did it drive fine after you got it back out? Uh, it drove me home and, and backed up into where I normally keep it. Uh, yeah, you probably did. I'm a little you, of trying to use it again, though. But, uh, yeah, you but probably it doesn't go that often. 
Yeah, you didn't have an oil problem. What you have is a clutch problem. You just burnt that clutch a little bit. And if it drives fine, you know, a lot of people burn those clutches and they drive fine. Uh, once in a while, you know, it's not going to hurt it that bad. But like I say, as long as it drives fine, you're good. But it's not an oil problem. It was a burnt clutch smell you smelt. Yeah, well, in my distance that I drive it is like from my house to two or three miles away to Lowe's or three miles or four miles to the... Yeah, to the right. Dump. It's not It's not going to get that hot no, to where you'll smell that, uh, that transmission flood. But the only way you can check it, like you said, is either you can get it up in the air or you can get up under it. It does have a plug on the side that you can un, uh, take the plug out, stick your finger in there, and if it comes to the index on your finger, you're good to go. This boy's 73 years old. I ain't climbing under. <laughs> <laughs> don't you do it, John. Yeah, don't climb under, but you could. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you, yeah. buddy. All right, thanks, All right. John. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about fuels between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Cars are selling below sticker price for the first time in a while, and it's a sign car buying is finally getting better. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Tech Program and a certified technician is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the Public Media app, there's a couple of things you can do. You can click on the support button and make a contributions because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. But you can also leave a message for Coach Charlie. If it's like 11 o'clock at night and your car breaks down and you're like, why? Um, if you're having an issue with oil just sliding out of your car <laughs> and now it's a puddle underneath your car at, at, at 4 in the afternoon, you can hit the button on the app and you can ask Coach Charlie that question. And so, Coach, there is a message for you that has been left on the app. And so I'm going to get you to answer this real fast. Right? Great. Hey, Coach, have you ever heard of dipping your car? Uh, dipping your car as painting, yes, I've seen that before. Or usually they take the uh, body off the car and they dip the frame, usually what they do. And really, once again, they're making it like new. They're getting rid of all the rust and everything off of it. But, yeah, I've heard of them dipping the frames and dipping def- different parts so they could chrome them and all like that, yes. I've never heard of dipping your car, so that is a good question. Well, it's, a lot of the, it's done a lot of times in custom cars. Yeah. You know, if, you got, if you're restoring a car, you know, they'll dip the frame and all. Okay, okay. Well, that was a good question that was left on our talk back feature on our app. And you can also leave your question or comment for Coach Charlie there as well. Again, 24 hours a day. That It's a quick button. You hit the record button. You got about a minute to talk. After you get that minute out, it'll come to us. We'll put you on the air. If you listen to Coach Charlie, you'll actually be able to hear yourself without having to be on the air live, and you'll get your answer to your question as well. That's great. So it's pretty cool. Good app. It's a pretty cool feature. So that's all on the app. And we also thank you for your contribution and the the download that you do for our apps every day um, here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Okay, Coach, here is what's in the news. Cars are selling below sticker price for the first time in a while, and it's a sign car buying is finally getting better. Is that exciting to you, Coach? Well, that means that the used car market is going to be better and people can sell those cars and buy cars cheaper. Okay, so they're saying now March was the first time in 20 months that car buyers didn't have to shell out more than a vehicle was listed for. New cars are selling below sticker price for the first time in years um, that this may be getting better for the average consumer. So the average amount that Americans spent on a new vehicle in March was 48000 Ooh. Ooh, that just hurts my heart. It was $48,000, according to the Kelly Blue Book, or 171 below an average sticker price of 48179 That's including luxury and non-luxury cars. For comparison, just a year earlier, consumers were paying on average nearly $1,000 more than the sticker price for a new car. And that this, this marks the first time in 20 months that car buyers didn't have to shell out more than a vehicle was listed for due to high markup or dealer costs. Well, I look at it this way. They're probably not, they're probably getting the car at sticker price or a little below, but interest has been raised nine times. So now that makes that car more expensive. So either way you go. Either way you go, that car is going to be more expensive. Double-edged sword. Thanks, Coach. Hey, I'm, hey, you want to give them some good news, but you got to be real. Right. So... <laughs> What car shoppers should be looking for other than that APR, right? That's right. Um, you need to remain vigilant and keep an eye on car buying market di- dynamics. Um, used vehicles are a slightly different story. While the number of used cars going for more than they would um, has declined and overall prices are 8% cheaper than their new equivalent, several used models are still priced high. So just make sure that you're out there, you're looking for good deals, and you're trying to get it below that sticker price, basically. Well, you know, I was looking for a new uh, zero-turn lawnmower, and I said, well, I'm, let me just check into these EV lawnmowers. Well, I checked in one. It was $30,000. A what? A lawnmower. <laughs> $30,000. And I talked to a landscaper. I said, uh, what do you think about this EV lawnmower? He goes, well, if it's $30,000, I got to cut a lot of grass to get that $30,000 back. <laughs> Needless to say, I went and bought a a Husky. (laughs) I would have bought anything. Yes. (laughs) $30,000 for a lawnmower. That's, and it's not even a racing line more. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I'm going to be out cutting the interstate for $30,000. I'm just going to drive down the road That's a on the side. Contract. I'm just yeah. going to keep going. They're going to be like, you know you're in Missouri, right? Yeah, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. No, the battery won't last that long. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That's a commercial contract. That's the only way you're going to be able to make that money back. That is what he said. He said, I would have to have commercial mm-hmm. contracts mm-hmm. to make it worth my while mm-hmm. to buy that lawnmower. Right, right. It was just a conversation that came up with me and the guy at the gas station. Right. So <laughs> if you own the EV lawnmower, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let us know. We want to know about it. <laughs> but I'll have a link to that story in our show's podcast description. We are still talking about 
fuels. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, let's get back into our fuel talk. When it comes down to different fuels, we've got a whole bunch of them. So there's compressed natural, um, there's kerosene, there's solar oil. Talk a little bit about some of those, and then we'll get into some of the octanes. Let's talk about biodiesel for a minute. Okay. okay? Diesel fuels out there, you know, it was a byproduct of making gas. Okay, most uh, all Europeans use diesel fuel. Well, America decided we're going to use biofuel. Have you ever been behind a vehicle and it's about like French fries? I'd be, I'm behind a lot of vehicles and you know, they don't smell well. Well, there has been sometimes <laughs> that you could smell French fries or some type of cooking coming out of a vehicle's emission. Mm. What they did before they refined biofuel to get it where it was really working good, what they would do, you would have people at home refining cooking oil from different restaurants. Mm-hmm. And they would do it at home. And you could, and then they would have biodiesel. What? Yes. And so now biodiesel is a remedy. Uh, they use all this different type. They could use cooking oil. They could use uh, burnt oils of anything. They can use anything else that will make that biofuel. And now since it's bio, that means it's good for the earth, earth because it's not all diesel fuel, mm-hmm. even though it is diesel fuel. Mm-hmm. And they make it in 10, 15, and 20 for biofuel. Right. And that's diesel. Right. So, Coach, what if I dump some vegetable oil in my motor? What's going to happen? <laughs> that's not right. Well, <laughs> like some to, peanut oil or something like that. It had to be diluted pretty good. Okay. You know, but I'm telling you, the military. It smelled delicious, though. It would smell good. <laughs> Roasted peanuts. Right. <laughs> you know, but it did. The military, when their multi-fuel engine, they could put anything. It didn't matter mm-hmm. what it was. It was burnt oil. If it was cooking oil, whatever, it would run on. If you wanted to run on kerosene, it would run on kerosene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Wonder so like the way. DeLorean, we're just throwing like banana peels in there and everything. Well, that was back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You know, so. when you said French fries, I just keep thinking McDonald's was like, look, we got a whole bunch of extra grease. You want it? And then that's what's burning out of people's cars that smell like French fries. Do you know there's people that will pay you $3 or so uh no, I was offered a dollar seventy-five a gallon for our burnt oil at our company. Mm. They want to give me a dollar seventy-five a gallon. Wow! For that oil. Wow. Were y'all going to do anything with it? Oh, we already have a uh, somebody else Something taking it. To, okay. They were going to take it, and they were going to do the same thing: biofuel diesel. Right. That's Does McDonald's cool. realize they have a, an aftermarket for their <laughs> like filet fish flavored? smells that you can put out with the motor oil. There's a whole secondary market they could charge people for there. That would be good. Uh, Instead of air fresheners in the car, you'd have air fresheners outside of the car. Right. That's pretty cool. Hey, you go Bio through the drive through and just have uh, French fry smell coming out of your car. Right. Instead <laughs> hey. of like 10W40 or 10W30, they got they got your filet of fish, you got your ch- chicken McNuggets, you know, you got your, ch- your uh, what's that, oblong chicken sandwich, then you got your regular chicken. Uh, yeah, they could do all sorts of different kind of flavors. Yeah, you got smoky The barbecue. McFlurry, that oh, would get yeah. weird. I don't know. Now I'm hungry, and we were talking about fuel. <laughs> but once, once again, when you did biodiesel, you would smell... The cooking oil. You'd smell the smell mm-hmm. from the restaurant because they didn't have it refined as well. That's but so now cool. they have it refined and you can't smell it. That is so cool. So I thought that was pretty neat. You know, when you keep talking about these d- d- different type of fuel systems, okay, uh, like say, 
I think our fuels of the future, like going to be wind power, solar, uh, geothermal, even nuclear, you know, they're going to have something to do away with the oil type of fuel systems when they'll have some type of future fuel that will work in vehicles. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's all going to be electric, you know, because... You know, in America and in the world, we have more choices, so we can make that choice. Mm-hmm. So somebody's going to come out with, you know, like the hydrogen cell. You know, hydrogen cell is so good for the vehicle and the petroleum market. If you could do hydrogen, look what you'd be doing for the environment as right. well as the uh, vehicle itself. Right. But if you're riding around with a hydrogen bomb under your car, you know, that's not very good. It's not the same thing. You know, it's not the same thing. <laughs> you know? That you know? sounds fancy. But, you know, uh, Canada has... You want to keep your exploding tensioners away from your hydrogen bomb under right. your car. Canada has opened their first retail hydrogen refilling station. Mm. So that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Cool. And, it's, and it refills fast. That's pretty cool. You know... But so, once again, those tanks are high pressure. You got to put them somewhere. It always reminds me of somebody shooting at the tank and the car blows up. But you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it safe to say that you prefer hydrogen over any other fuel coach? Uh, probably, What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Well, right now it's gasoline. <laughs> right. <laughs> but That's the, the one that gets us to point A, but from point the, A to point B. But in the future, I think it'd be, if we're really thinking about the environment, we're really thinking about how we're going to be able to control vehicles in the future. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen may be the way to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, p- take that tip and put it in your in your bank. We're discussing fuel and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're out in California driving a car I've been really looking forward to. It's the 2024 Subaru Impreza. The Impreza is our entry-level car. And this year, it's been completely redesigned from the ground up. This, the styling's a lot more aggressive, a lot sporty. The sedan is gone. It's all just hatchbacks. So you get that mini crossover utility with the flip-up rear hatch and the fold-down rear seats. Inside, much more comfortable, much more supportive seats. This now has the large format touchscreen. that's become a Subaru trademark. You got wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless Android Auto, Harman Kardon Audio in the top trim levels. And, and heated seats as well. Underneath the hood, you can get a two liter four cylinder engine, but I wouldn't do that. I'd go ahead and get the RS edition, the top sportier version of this vehicle. That's a 2.5 liter four cylinder, delivers 182 horsepower, and you still get 26 miles per gallon in the city, 33 on the highway. It's very good. So let's talk about pricing. The new Impreza starts just under $23,000. The RS top trim comes in just under $28,000. See the full video on his YouTube channel. Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC certified master technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's tip of the week. You know, I was thinking about fuels. If we're going to, we need to make sure we know what we're putting in our fuel tank. You know, there are a lot of people put diesel fuel in the gas tank when it's a gasoline vehicle. Make sure when you go to the pump, 
you know what type of fuel you're putting in your vehicle. Yeah. Because it does cost you a lot of money when you try to clean those fuel systems out by putting the wrong fuel. Right, 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 right. Hey, Coach, this is a good question. So is there a difference between, I guess, unleaded and 100% natural pure gas? Well, that deals with, um, if we say unleaded, that means it has... uh, no lead in the system, mm-hmm. no lead at all. Mm-hmm. Now, AMGAS and other gases have some lead in them mm-hmm. or some type of additive. It may not be lead, but it's going to take the place of lead to lubricate the uh, system. Right. Okay. Because, like I say, ethanol destroys, it's corrosive, it destroys uh, certain parts of vehicles if they're not made for it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going back past 2002, you're going to a custom car or something like that, I wouldn't put ethanol in there if possible. Go find a station that has pure gas. Okay. You know, non-let, non-ethanol gas. Right. And put right. that in the vehicle. Right, right, Because right. it has the additives in it, but it's not uh, ethanol is pure petroleum. So that's before 2002, you're saying? Before 2002. So I've got a 2016. Could I put the 100% gas in mine? You could, but then you don't have the properties because they take certain properties out for the other vehicles and certain properties wouldn't be in for the newer vehicles. Okay. 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 Just stick to what 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 I've been doing. Don't right. sh- don't switch it up. Right. I see the gas station around the corner from the house, and I'm like, should I put the 100 percent in? So. Well, once again, it's according what your vehicle you got and what you're using it for. Right. right like right. if I was uh, like lawnmower equipment and all like that, you should try to use gas that is non-ethanol mm-hmm. because sometimes your lawnmower uh, sits up a while mm-hmm. and that ethanol starts gumming up and then you have a problem, but right. this other gas does not gum. Right. So to break down some of these gases, octanes, you've got like an 87 octane, you've got an 89 octane. What is octane? Is it just that, or is there something more to octane? Well, octane is used really for the stability of the fuel. That's mm-hmm. really, if you think about octane, it's the stability of the fuel to ignite in a under compression. Mm-hmm. That's what octane is. Okay, we have 87. Okay, that's the lowest octane. Then you have uh, 87 to 91, and then you have mm-hmm. 91 to 93. It used to be up to 103. Right. Okay, and those, the higher the octane is, Really, if you think about it, the higher octane is used for high compression engines. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be sports cars. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of the newer cars will say in the fuel tank use 91 only. Right. Okay. Now, the octane itself, once again, we say it's the stability of the fuel burning in the cylinder. And I don't know if you've ever been in a vehicle, you hear a noise when you're going up a hill, it starts, starts pinging and mm-hmm. the engine starts knocking. Mm-hmm. Well, what that is, it's called pre detonation. <clears throat> And the fuel is burning before it's supposed to burn. Right. Okay. And you may have a spot that is burning, and then you got another spot when the spark plug ignites, those two flames come together, they hit each other, and that is the knocking noise you hear. Right. Where the two flames are hitting each yeah. other and blowing up. Yeah. Okay. In order to decrease that in your vehicle, we used to use, we'd say, go put a higher octane fuel in your vehicle. And it would stop it mm-hmm. because, once again, the stability of the fuel. Right. Now, you know, and I think about this, octane, yeah, you still use these high-octane fuels because if you don't need it, it's just going out the exhaust pipe. But now the computer and all the sensors control 
that knocking sound, that pre-detonation. Okay. Because matter of fact, we have these things in our cars called knock sensors. Mm -hmm. And what they do, they listen to the engine while it's driving down the road. It's just like it has a stethoscope, but it's, uh, they listen to the pinging or the sounds of the engine. Right. And it will change the timing as you drive. It'll just change it. So smart. And it'll keep it from pinging or knocking coach so is that smart. is that why sometimes my car sounds so grumpy when i first started up and then after a little bit it gets better <laughs> that's it hey it has to listen to see it you know okay because yeah. sometimes i'll crank my car and it's like what do you want and then it gets after a while <laughs> and we'll drive for a minute and then it, it, it kind of <laughs> gets in line after a minute <laughs> then it smooths out and says okay i'll go now i've heard enough and what do you want with me now yeah. that's usually what happens out. but if you think about octanes themselves 87 is the lowest octane, 91 is the highest, 93 is the highest. If you have a high sports, a high compression engine, use the octane. But once again, I told you is that the computers are controlling all that now. Mm -hmm. uh, you may get better gas mileage. They say with higher octane fuel, you maybe get better gas mileage. You know, if you put the wrong octane in the vehicle, Maybe you get, sometimes they say they run a little radical. The car don't run just as good as it's supposed to. If you had 87, that's supposed to go on a 91. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to tell you, my wife's had Mercedes all these years, and I've never put high octane in none of them. They ran and just fine. That's because it's, it's, it's your car, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to do a thing, and they were getting good gas. And when it sounds rough, when Coach starts it up, he tells her what to do, and it gets in line right, right now. Automatically. <laughs> Because it's Coach's car. <laughs> so I don't have time. Good stuff, Coach. Well, that'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our crew engineer is Jay White. Our call screener, Jason Klein. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.